0: Digital Marketing Radio, episode 179. Generating leads on social media. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Did you watch last year's Digital Marketing Radio Christmas special? 55 digital marketing experts on one live show. This year, I'm doubling up. 110 experts sharing their number one digital marketing strategy for 2017 on one live show on Thursday, the 8th of December, 2016. If ever there was a not-to-be-missed live show, this is it. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash special for full details and how to watch live. That's digitalmarketingradio.com slash special. Don't miss it. The Big Interview with David Bain Hello, I'm David Bain and today I'm joined by someone who loves to spend time building personal brands. He's a social selling and lead generation expert from the Creation Agency. Welcome to DMR, Ollie Woodfield. Thanks for having me. Uh, hello to all the listeners. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Ollie. Good to have you here. We, you can find Ollie over at creationagency.com. So, um, Ollie, how is social selling different from selling? I guess on your own website.
1: How is it different? Well, that's a big question to start with. <laughs> how is it different? Um, I think it's. I think this could go on and on. You know, there's a, there's been a massive change in how we buy, and, and a, that's kind of a, an obvious thing. It's not a, a big secret. So, uh, so I think the more people who have gone, you know, originally it might have been Facebook or even further back and it was myspace and bebo uh which i didn't have by the way okay it i was, did uh, oh you did did you <laughs> I, I was um i'm not sure how old i was back then i'm not i'm i don't know kind I'm of a facebook my facebook <laughs> was the first kind of thing for me so uh you know the more people that got onto those networks and then it became twitter and, and so on the more it became appropriate to to try these things out and i think where people spend their time previously it was in front of the telly and that was why advertising was so good and now it's less and less that maybe people watch youtube instead so maybe that's where you should play your, you know put your advertising spend or or if you change the word put your social selling effort in
0: but do you reckon this the psychology of the content um, that you write and the the people that you aim for is is different when you're actually selling on social media i mean um when you're writing content for publication on your brand website, um, is that a different slant um, compared with actually selling on social media or talking to people on social media?
1: Well, I don't think so because, uh, and I kind of, this is a bit of semantics and jargon, I try not to think of it as selling. I try and think of it as strategic friend-making, if you will. So it's kind of, you're you're still trying to make the same blog posts and, and videos and so on, and that, that's for a reason to get into that conversation to make your own brand as you were just talking about so that there is still that to it it's less about my product does abcxyz123 it's more actually you know here's what your problem is and how to solve it and that's more of a conversation starter and then once you build that that kind of conversation and rapport then you know the relationship goes on and on and on and and potentially if you've Done the right kind of content. You're talking to the right people. You do make a
0: sale. I'm just trying to differentiate if um, you produce content um, differently for your website compared with with social, or this is just your way of communicating online, and you do it the same everywhere. So, I mean, if you were producing content for a website, would you write it differently? Um, Do you try and make friends out of the content um, that you're writing for a website, or? I mean is that kind of content a bit different
1: yeah i mean I, I recently uh what was it two weeks ago I started my my website I call it v two or three. I did do this before, but i've I've probably gone out and done it legitimately now on wordpress i'm I'm fully going for it, so in my mission statement, the first post, I made sure, and not that I was trying to hack some views or do anything too clever, but I just mentioned some people that I know who have done this and who I read from, who I watch and listen to, so that, you know, not that I could just go and tweet them and say, hey, I I said good things about you, but it was more kind of a a resonation point of view from the person reading. It was, oh, I, you know, I've heard of Sam Hurley, I've heard of Jack Kozakowski, and so on. So it wasn't just who's this kid who's decided to do a blog. It's kind of uh, I see where he's coming from.
0: So is that in your process for every piece of content that you publish, you publish a piece of content and then you see you know who it's relevant for, possibly mention people within it, and then make sure you go and tell people about it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the whole point of you know the word social, isn't it? Really, I guess I try to always embed at least one other thing in in my posts. Uh, I can't say that I've done it in every single time I've written or, or done something like this. I haven't always shouted somebody else out or mentioned something. But with that said, it's kind of nice to break up my voice, especially when you write a big, long blog post. It's not always me, 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 as a lot of people kind of think. That's why a lot of people reference or they have quotes. They would embed someone else's YouTube video. And then when they do that, it's just a nice way to say, hey, David, I embedded your YouTube video on my blog. Check it out or, you know, you might want to share it.
0: So going back to selling on social media, do you think... Any type of business should be selling on social media? Is it is it right for everyone?
1: I had this argument with a person and it got kind of um, heated is the wrong word, but it, it's a topic people uh, disagree on. I think with good strategy, you can do it on almost every. I say almost because, you know, if you think of the really uh, far field ones, like let's say um, carpet sales, it's it's kind of tricky people just walk in the shop and they buy it so kind of but uh, in b2b bi i i kind of think so yeah it's
0: it's interesting actually you, you have an example like that where people you would think go into physical premises to actually find and, and feel the goods that they intend to buy um so i i guess you feel that there's always going to be um that physical store and the need to have the high street as well as e-commerce
1: yeah i mean uh when I, whenever I go to Sainsbury's or Tesco or wherever I, I always try to not use the self checkout if I can if I'm being honest I don't know how many people listening or or listening back to this would agree but you know I think it's always going to have to be there and one day you know a machine breaks who has to come and fix it is the human so it can't totally go away. I do think with that example of the, the carpet uh, salesman you can do things like some local ads and you know, Facebook ads, some SEO, that sort of thing, you know, is is kind of logical. But I, I don't know if you know, would it, would being there in in the town centre and you know saying hello to everybody every morning, does that does that go away? I don't think so.
0: I think the the high street's going to change a, a bit, and to a certain degree, I think it's nice that uh, brands like Apple have moved in and even Amazon have opened a store as as, as as well. And I can see a lot of major online brands uh, probably taking advantage of, of offline as well and integrating their marketing a little bit more in the future. I'm not sure if you've got any thoughts on that at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't actually... I knew Amazon, so I had got their own store, but I haven't seen it. So it's kind of interesting. I'd like to go and see you know, what, what's going on, what happens, do you you know, what do they talk about when they come and ask you, you know, what they can help you with, so that's it's quite an interesting one, you kind of associate them as being very offline, having big warehouses and they're those people that you never see, you just do your shopping online and it's so easy, you don't actually go and have to see them in the shop, so it's interesting that they do have a shop, I think it kind of, it brings it back round in a, in a really interesting way.
0: So what about lead generation on social media? Um, what makes a great lead generation campaign and what kind of networks are you focusing on at the moment?
1: That is a massive question. <laughs> so I always say uh, it's not social media, it's it's not um, SEO. I kind of, uh, you know, the topics are there. I, I, I agree and understand with why they're hot topics. But what I call it is, social media or Facebook ads or, or whatever kind of advertising or earned traffic is called a traffic shop so uh, the traffic shop is is maybe Twitter or some social selling on LinkedIn maybe it's uh, some SEO or uh, as I just said and all you're kind of doing is there's got to be some form of desirable or problem solving content or at the very least entertaining it's got to be worth not monetary value but information value and and by that I mean my email address or my phone number so if you don't have that you don't have anything to talk about on your social you kind of you do that thing where you just talk about everybody else and that's fine if you want to raise your profile but as you just said it's lead gen you don't generate leads if you don't talk about yourself at least a bit so I always find it's kind of use social as a as a push towards towards your campaign it's kind of not the only place Because realistically, you don't put something on your website and only talk about it on Twitter. If you've got Facebook, you maybe do that as well. So it's kind of, it's not just social media, it's kind of everything. You've got email, maybe you've got advertising,
0: maybe you've got other things. Okay, is that that word integration um, again?
1: Yes, fully integration, or full integration.
0: So um, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're um, recording this live on the Digital Marketing Radio Facebook page. And... um, a comment from uh, Gary Farmer saying that um, a lot are now doing pop-up shops too, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's quite interesting. Yeah, you, you've, you've got you know flash, um, you know brands, uh, you know coming up there in, in, in different market stands, and um, it's, it's it's a good way of, I guess, making um, businesses and uh, people aware of your brand without that um, ongoing expense of, of of running a shop. So the market stall isn't dead yet either. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so it's in, interesting that you mention integration with email and, and, and other activities. But in terms of social media, is Facebook really the primary focus and the, the best place at the moment to generate leads from? Or is that not necessarily the case? Can, can you give a few other social networks that um, you're finding to be particularly effective at the moment?
1: You know, it really depends. Uh, for For example, maybe a year, six months ago, probably even a bit longer, there was this big thing about how Facebook reach just suddenly dropped enormously, almost overnight. It's I can think of a a loose figure. It's more like you get 10% reach over your likes towards people who will see a post that you share. So, So I'm finding, and this is me as well as sort of listening to others, a lot of people find Facebook for B2B extraordinarily difficult unless you're willing to pay for it. So, that lends that lends itself to people going away from Facebook. I do think it it kind of depends on what the market is, and that's that's the total dependence. That's you know, if it's if it's really uh, personable and, and fun, Facebook will be great, and LinkedIn won't be great at all. Maybe Twitter will be a, a kind of in the middle, but uh, you know, wider recruitment agencies always hang out on LinkedIn because it's the perfect place for them. So they're not going to spend ages on Facebook. If I if I had an ad spend and I could advertise on each network, I'd, I'd test an equal amount on each. I'd probably bet Twitter and LinkedIn would come out best most of the time, although Facebook ads are slightly better. Tricky, I find Facebook are quite a difficult subject. To be honest, they're uh, they're, they're not a uh, the marketer's best friend at this this current moment in time.
0: Yeah, I mean you're you're certainly saying that from an organic perspective and um, the challenge with um, even letting people who have liked your page and making them aware of the content that you post. Obviously, if you get more engagements with your posts, then Facebook's algorithm will make it more likely for more of your followers to see more of your content in the future but um, they're wanting you to pay to play and um, maybe we're spoiled by the fact that it was completely free for a while and easier for a while to actually um, get your content out there. Well, One thing that I have tried recently on Facebook is um, lead generation um, uh, and actually you can place ads on Facebook and request um, leads for a B2B service or, or another service that you have, and people's name, email address, telephone number, whatever details you want almost, will be automatically po- populated, and all they have to do is actually request um, for their information to be sent across to you. So that that seemed to be quite interesting and a, and a cheaper way of generating leads for certain types of businesses, but... I guess you've got to be really, really focused on making sure it's the right audience as well that you're targeting as well. Uh, have you have you done things like um, retargeting using Facebook and um, uh, done much with Facebook advertising, or is it mainly the organic side of things that you've yes, on? Yes,
1: um, through some some kind of extensive uh, month by month lead gen campaigns with predominant Facebook advertising. I've I've played with um, with retargeting. You, you've you kind of got to be very clever on on what you're retargeting based on. So so for example, for, for anybody who's kind of a beginner understanding of it, you can retarget people who have been to your homepage of your website or specific pages or people who have gone to some pages but not others. So uh, let's say e-commerce companies like uh, my friend Gary who's just commented, he could go, if you've not checked out but you've tried to buy something I'll retarget the people who didn't actually check out but wanted to. Maybe you give them an offer or something else. So you have to be kind of clever with that. And there's a lot of different ways you can use it to tie up loose ends, is what I call it. That's why it's retargeting people who were there. But if you're kind of going broad, if you've gone just people who've gone to the homepage, you don't know who that could be. It kind of, you could get people who've gone to your page almost by accident, people who didn't know what they're expecting. People who got to your page and kind of wanted something different to bounce straight back off. You're wasting money advertising to them. So you do have to be quite careful and, and clever, well thought out ahead of time, I do think, to do Facebook ads with retargeting really cleverly.
0: You mentioned content briefly earlier on um, about the fact that you've, you've started blogging and You have written um, content elsewhere. So in terms of building relationships with people on Facebook, can that be done by just publishing decent content on Facebook or do you have to get people off Facebook to submerge themselves in the content that you produce in order to make it more likely for them to interact with you in the future?
1: I think you get this kind of sweet spot where people, they kind of understand it. There's some people who will There's this big um, social media. We've got to get on on it. You know, that's the kind of brand mentality where we did this, we did that. You should have a look at what we did. But you get those people who are they understand it and they know actually it's not only about what I do. I've also got to kind of read other people's stuff and tell them actually that was really cool. I really like what you did there. And it's kind of it's almost nothing to do with you. It's more about the people that you have. And that's why they call it community, or a lot of brands have a community manager. So uh, from that perspective, I kind of, I always think it's never really about what you make. It's kind of of the people make what you make. If you don't have people to read it, you don't really have any point of making it.
0: Talking about a community manager, actually, some brands, interestingly, go for a Facebook group as opposed to a page nowadays. That's the
1: thing though, isn't it? I think that's because of the reach.
0: Exactly, yes, yeah. But um, there are certain commercial um, differences between setting up a group and and setting up a a page, and um, you're not necessarily going to get the um, same degree of ability to be able to target those individuals in the future um, from an advertising perspective um, in a group compared with um, a page. Have you got any thoughts on that at all?
1: Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think they... um the idea is obviously that you know, people are going to be more engaged, they're going to post in the group. In an ideal world, yes they do and maybe they've got loads of great feedback or ideas or good posts. It does take a, a kind of social media switched on group to do that. You do sometimes get those groups, um, thinking of one top of my head, Google Plus was a haven for them. There was just millions of communities and people would just go in with their blog posts, dump and go out straight away there's no even thought of other people there's just kind of let's see what traffic I can get from this group and we'll go away so that that's almost always going to happen that's um particularly when you have a bigger group i find that quite annoying there's you know it's kind of it must be hard for really big brands when they've got a big audience and they've got lots of people who want their products or or service or know about them and they've joined people will just go in ask their question and go away it's kind of like when you have an FAQ. Whoever actually answers FAQs, I I haven't. <laughs> I've parsed, I've posted some, you know, some questions. But I don't think I've ever actually answered one.
0: It's it's challenging and it's challenging to engage the community. It was reminding me of um, a Udemy course I've got. I've 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 done a course in Udemy called What Is SEO, and I've got about thirty thousand students who have taken that, and it's just a free course on Udemy. But um, the last time I looked, there's about 30 unanswered questions and I I haven't got the motivation to keep on going in there and answer questions. And occasionally um, other people within the community will answer a question, but it really is quite difficult to get those, you know, real brand ambassadors who will go in there on your behalf and start answering questions. Yeah, it's kind of you've
1: gained what you wanted to gain from it. And and now you kind of washed your hands of it. It's it's a bit. Uh, it's kind of sad, really. But you kind of have to have that give, give, give mentality, which you know not a lot of people do have. Some people get it, and they do really well because of it. But you do have to properly understand that.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a case of really trying to entice and engage maybe five or five or ten true brand ambassadors for you and perhaps motivate them somehow or reward them somehow for being community managers to a certain degree or unofficial community managers. But it's not right for every brand, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, of course. And uh, I've been involved with a number of uh, LinkedIn groups that wanted to be started up and are uh, coming to fruition soon. There's always that concern, though, of when it gets big or if it does, there's always going to be that exploitative Number of people who come in, and, th- and that's always a bit of a worry for everybody. But I don't think you can do anything about it apart from moderate it and then deal with it. It can't really be dealt with first.
0: So, we're recording this um, in November 2016. So, what are the big social selling opportunities for 2017? Do you think? Um, are we talking Instagram, Snapchat, something else, or just focus on the big boys still?
1: I think not enough people know enough about the normal tools like linkedin and twitter with my name and face and nose in what's going on in social selling every day i kind of feel like there's a lot of people in there but that said that's only because i'm in it so when you when you kind of take a small step back you realize actually the group is actually quite small so I, i kind of foresee this big adoption over the next few years and that kind of means maybe one two or three things it means there's either going to be a lot of good people who do it, and that means people have to get better, and the really good ones will do very well. It does mean there'll be some rubbish people. Sadly, that's the way life is, and that means the people who are good will do better. And there will also just be lots and lots and lots of more people come in. It's the same kind of thing where if you hear the numbers of people who have joined Facebook, you think, is that it? When there's 7 billion people on Earth, and it's I won't even estimate what the number is, but you kind of think, I thought everybody had Facebook. So when it, it kind of it's going to grow, it's do that snowball effect. It will get bigger. I do think there's kind of processes and practices that need to be ironed out for, for the mass for everybody who's going to join it. Or at least try
0: It's not just the people who are on it, of course, it's the active people. And um, what defines an active person? Because I guess you could even say that there are many millions of people on Google Plus still, but who is active on it? I bet
1: there are, yeah, but probably not as much as there used to be. (laughs)
0: Well, in a moment, we're going to be moving on to the second part of our discussion, where I'm going to be asking Ollie about um, the software he couldn't live without. But first of all, dear um, listener, I'd like to tell you about a free online digital marketing conference that I'm going to be speaking at soon, called Digital Olympus. So it's going to be held on Tuesday the sixth of December, and it'll run the whole day long with speakers like Laura Crimmins from Branded Three, Michael Stricker from MS Design, and Laura Hogan from Rice Media. So it really is to, a not to be a missed event and I highly recommend you check it out. So to find out more and to sign up for free, just go to digitalolympus.net. But let's segue into the second part of our discussion, so that focuses on Ollie's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with...
1: Software I couldn't live without.
0: So Ollie, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success?
1: I'm going to sound like such a millennial, but I'm going to show you okay (laughs) it's this it's my Uh, phone it's
0: it's it's not a very good thing for listeners though is it (laughs) no um well it's
1: my phone so uh, it's kind of cliche but everything that i need on it everything i do every day is on it Uh, if i had to give you a kind of marketing tool again this is really hard Uh, there's just just, just all all
0: apps on your phone basically is that what you're saying
1: yeah it's you know there's loads of things i use for instagram i i never go anywhere without having twitter and linkedin by my side uh, <laughs> I won't show you because uh, not everybody can hear it or see it but I've got my iPhone which has very small uh, memory on it so everywhere I go I've got no more room for anything new on it so I've got my, my work phone which is my new best friend so I can take it everywhere and there's, I've just always got the ability to look at my mentions on Twitter I can do some retweets from Hootsuite I can find some posts from inside of Feedly I can get the link and put it into Hootsuite I can do anything anywhere. So it's kind of a cliched answer.
0: Well, you've mentioned Facebook, Instagram, Hootsuite, so you're certainly focusing on social media there. So social media I presume is by far the most likely app that uh, type of app that you will have open uh, on your phone.
1: Yeah, uh, I've only recently downloaded two games today. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Only two a day, not two every day though. No, no, only these are the first two and these will be the last two. So yeah, everything on it is social media and, and a tool to create something for it. So I've got something silly like seven Instagram post making apps.
0: Wow, okay. You feel like you're cheating on social media there by actually announcing that you've downloaded games. I oh, know, I shouldn't I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a slightly more challenging question, and that is what piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future?
1: What don't I use? Uh, if the guys are listening, uh, they they may smile at this. I've had a good um, chat with Analytica, and I went to their event um, two to three weeks ago from when we filmed this uh, in, in central London. Cool people, great event. I love the list that they do. I had a demo of the tool, and it's very cool. I like it. Sorry, what, the, what, what uh, company was that again? Analytica.
0: Analytica, okay. They
1: do the top 100 people in... Uh, lots of industry lists, right. so uh, so you know check check those out. They're really cool. They uh, it's an influencer marketing tool from from where I can see it. It's it gives you very in depth uh, analysis of of who is actually an influencer in X Y Z field, and not just you know if I was to go really broad, I could say who's an expert at social media. It kind of everybody can be if they post the right stuff. It's it's that the tool analytic allows you to see who talks to who, who replies much. Because if you're doing an influencer marketing campaign, it's useless if they don't actually reply. Or they're you know, they're not interested, they don't talk to anyone, they just broadcast. So from that perspective, it's it's excellent. I haven't actually seen anything that can can kind of come near it for influencer marketing. So that's why I haven't used but want to use tool.
0: Okay, um, great advice there. So um, I'll hunt down the, down the link to that and um, mm. include that in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. And um, some advice from uh, Gary Farmer. Um, delete the Facebook, the, the the Liverpool FC app. Waste of space, he says.
1: Uh, I knew he'd say that. <laughs> We're, uh, he's an Aberdeen fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. He's yeah. an Aberdeen fan? Yes, he is. Well, and, so uh, am I. Does he like to tell me about it? <laughs> but uh, but no, he's uh, Gary's a cool guy.
0: Okay, great. Well, let's move on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would wow. have done differently?
1: So uh, the story begins. I uh, I left school on the Thursday having done my exams. I started my job on the Monday and straight away um, it was a marketing agency who had a big building. So a bit of context of what I was doing. We were letting it out Uh, some parts of it as a co-working space so my kind of baptism of fire initiation was to try and bring people from social into the building and to try and you know see if they wanted to, to have a desk basically so uh that said i kind of just got on with it and tried it see what would happen i do wish before i'd gone and curated loads of random content about uh for for anybody who knows English motorways the M20 the M20 is kind of near where i am south of london so i i curated random bits of content on on what was going on then with the thought of people who might come to work here might like to know what's going on in traffic but really just nothing happened at all so i kind of wish i'd done a bit more uh, sort of relationship building uh, in in an effort to do some market research that sort of thing all I had to do was go upstairs and ask one of the people there for 10 minutes to have a coffee. I didn't think like that. So uh, to know what someone thinks is invaluable, I think.
0: Yeah, good piece Underrated. of advice. Know your audience and actually ask them what their frustrations are before you actually yeah, produce something for Yeah, that's why um, them.
1: user-generated content is, is awesome.
0: Great, okay, well, let's move on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much and you're only allowed to the, use the word both on one occasion. So um, use it wisely. You're ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Mobile or desktop? Desktop. Email marketing or web retargeting? Email. Website or app? Website. Paid search or SEO. Oh, paid search. Quality or quantity? Both. Email contact form or telephone number? Email. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a couple of interesting answers. I didn't expect you to say desktop instead of mobile, and I didn't expect you to say website instead of apps. So you're a bit more of a traditional online guy as well, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, my kind of start to to work, I guess you could say, is, is marketing. I'm kind of more into sales a bit now, so that, that kind of email stuff is, is where that comes from. But, you know, I couldn't work from my phone very well. <laughs> I could. So, you know, there's there's nothing kind of better than being at my desk with my phone on the desk. But, um, but yeah, I do like to have my couple of screens up and, and see everything that's going on.
0: And um, fairly recently, I um, took a couple of options away and added a couple of new ones here. And one of the new ones I added was quality or quantity. And um, you're the first guy to, first person to um, say both for that particular one. I, I like your thinking on that because... You know, Although it's important to focus on quality, unless you get a bit of quantity, you're not going to get the traction, are you? Can
1: I guess a lot of people said uh, quality?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great, you know. But does that mean I can do one great thing a month? Kind of, no, is, is sort of the answer. I know it's kind of the aim of the question, but what I try and do is, uh, more recently than ever, I kind of put the extra hour in, however cheesy and cliche it is i kind of try and put that extra hour in to make sure there's there's both yeah yeah i try and do the quality you know from my own standard of what i want going out there next to my name but also the quantity so that it does go out there
0: yeah no absolutely and i I think i would use my both for that one as well so um good answer the
1: ten thousand dollar question
0: Okay, so if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
1: To grow my business? That's a very tricky question. I'm not hmm. going to ask you the easy ones here. I, I would spend it being with people in, uh, in the correct industries for, for creation agency uh, just to spend the time talking listening, hearing their thoughts, bouncing ideas from them. I kind of I guess people would say, you know, I would um I'd go and build my email list or, or other sort of marketing y things. But I'd be more interested in kind of leading that market rather than uh, marketing activities kind of thing. It's kind of more for me about what's the next thing what do people actually want from these, these kind of hot things right now? So maybe uh, a social selling program, what what kind of would you expect from that if I was to offer it to you? What kind of things would you expect to be done? What's the cost? And, and all kind of things like that. So I would I'd would like to spend time even with just people who are m- maybe not even interested in buying it. Maybe they just do sell social selling for themselves just to kind of get that grasp from not just people who are, me and my colleagues but who have do it uh, they are doing it they see it and they hear about it as well
0: okay so market research and relationship building but how do you measure the effectiveness how do you measure the impact of that work
1: it's tricky uh, i do think some things can't be tracked sadly in a in a marketing world that's an awful thing to say but uh you know, it's, it's kind of true. You can't really measure how much a relationship is worth. There's there's not a time spent, times, you know, reward for it. So it's it's almost in, invaluable in, in both senses of that word. It's invaluable to find out what's going on, what people think so that you do the right things and you, you kind of use your creative side to do even better things. But it's also invaluable in the way that you kind of don't know what the value is.
0: I guess in order to try new things. The definition of new things is you don't necessarily know what the impact might be and perhaps even how to measure it. So maybe if you're just doing things that are measurable, you aren't being proactive enough and um, trying enough new things.
1: Yeah, and doing new things means you you work out the process, you improve the process in almost every way from productivity and effectiveness and, and the tooling, the people, and then all of a sudden it does become measurable. And then you can make it more and more and more measurable, make it more uh, ROI worthy, if that's the saying. My number one takeaway.
0: Well, Ollie, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what is the number one takeaway? What's the single most important number step one? Yeah, that our listener needs to takeaway and implements <laughs> in their business.
1: This is my big thing at the moment. Uh, it's it's kind of a common saying, and I, I think it's quite obvious, but I don't know, I don't know if people take it seriously every day. There's a phrase "knowledge is power," which I think is try not to say the word "powerful, but it's, it, I think it's really big. Uh, you know For, for me, uh, I've just turned 20. Uh, what gives me the right to talk about social selling? It's only the things that I've had to learn and find out from other people. So you know, in, in the same trail of thought, what's to stop anybody else learning about fitting windows, social selling, anything that they want? If, there's, if it's brain surgery that you're interested in, doesn't mean you're going to do it for a job, but you can find out about it. And, and to be perfectly honest, if you're watching this or you're listening, you've got the internet. Use it because there's, so, <laughs> there's a ridiculous amount of things on it. So uh, I, I can see you smiling because you, you, I'm sure you agree that it, there's so much on it and you, can, you could never hope to consume it all. So my, my kind of only hope is to at least try. So, that's, so my, that's my last thing.
0: So, so just keep on learning in something that you're passionate about and, and get better at it, basically, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and who knows where it's going to lead. Potentially you need a, a kind of career coach or mentor to tell you what, what to focus on if you're thinking professional development-wise. But uh, you know, for me, sometimes I take a really keen interest in history. So randomly I might think, oh, that's really interesting, and I'll just go and find out about it for half an hour then that's great. Or, or like tonight, I might go and read something about social selling that I haven't found out or maybe I'm struggling with. And then I've got a problem solved or I found out a new method. I've got a new idea for my own blog.
0: Great. Okay. Well, I reckon that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for a listener to find out more about you and what you do?
1: I'm at Ollie Whitfield underscore on Twitter and uh, Ollie Whitfield on linkedin and uh, and also instagram i have about three or four instagrams so i'll find you on whichever one you'd like to find me on so uh, so go ahead but uh, thanks uh thanks for having me very uh, it's been great to be on the show and uh, i hope a lot of people have taken a great deal from what we've had to talk about and say
0: yeah, it was great. Thank you very much. Oh, well, so um, thanks to Ollie, and thank you to your listener, too. If you have an opinion of what Ollie shared today, tell us what you think. So you can find the Facebook page at facebook.com/slash digital marketing radio, and you can, of course, write a review in iTunes or any other good podcatcher, or have Twitter's your thing at David Baines, my handle. Plus, um, make sure you sign up to the mailing list at digital and I'll let you know when we're next broadcasting live. But until we meet again, Beef and fabulous, and do one thing that scares you. Adios. Thanks again, Ollie. Great episode.
1: Cool.